What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi. You guys are listening to episode number 54. Today is St. Patrick's Day, Saturday, March 17th. I was going to have the podcast on yesterday, but since there was a delay with the um, last week's podcast because of Podbean, where I actually put my post and publish, my, my podcast was um, was down. And I had to obviously, as you guys know, uh, for you loyal listeners, which I, I love and appreciate very much, and I know who you are. Well, not all of you, but some of you. Um, I wanted to, you know, not have the the delay screw the whole week up. So, uh, got some. I'm actually sitting in a hotel room right now um, in in Vermont, and I will be gone from here by the time anybody hears this. So you can't find out or come and get me. So I could even tell you that I'm in the Sheraton. In Burlington, Vermont right now. That's where I am. And I'm in my uh, lovely hotel room here. I am here in Vermont with uh, Joe Matarese. The uh, very talented Joe Matarese. Him and I um, drove here five and a half hours today to perform. We have a gig in about an hour. Downstairs in the conference center here in front of 600 people for a corporate gig. And... um, it looks to be absolutely nuts. And when I say that, um, I, you know, I'm going to get into what's going on and where I'm at and this whole gig that we're about to do here in an hour. I'm going to get to that towards the end of the podcast. Uh, I first want to start off by um, thanking everybody for last week um, who came out to the weekend shows when I was with uh, John Mulrooney at um, the Bayou Theater in um, Bridgeport, Connecticut. Totally didn't expect it to be this awesome. It was literally like a movie theater, but that they redid, and it had a this unbelievable balcony, and, and just the way that it was set up and layered, and there were people up eating on the sides, and then in the middle was like regular movie theater seats, but then it was like, like a theater, and it was old school, and it's the oldest movie playhouse from like 1909 that they changed and now they're doing concerts and comedy and they're getting a ton of great acts in there and it was awesome it was absolutely such a cool experience to perform there and um the people were awesome and i I had such a great time that theater is great it's a place that i would go with uh with my wife or friends or anybody to see something um so definitely the baju theater in uh, bridgeport connecticut awesome time okay uh, then the next night, I was in New Milford, Connecticut, and we performed um, We performed for uh, some fundraiser. It was this big, it was, uh, I don't know, it was like 400-something people. It was for youth, the youth baseball, parents, coaches, schools, high school. Like, it was all these people packed in this gym, and I was a, one of the coolest crowds. They let me go really, really far with some shit that I never even thought I sh- I would do at a place like this. I didn't know if they would be into it. I didn't know if I could take it that far, push the envelope like that, and it was it was awesome. They were such a receptive, cool, willing to go anywhere you wanted to go, and I had a great time. 
and um, I was able to even throw some new premises and new jokes out there. They went along with it, so great time. Um, that was in New Milford. So the people in uh, Bridgeport and New Milford, Connecticut, um, they kind of rejuvenated me with hope for Connecticut because a lot of times when you perform in certain places in Connecticut, I'm sorry if you're from Connecticut, but a lot of people there are fucking morons, especially the casino crowds and especially, um, you know, just... And um, so... Anyway, I had to take a little break there, but I came back and, uh, you know, I, uh, of course, of course, I could take a phone call right when I'm saying something. But anyway, I don't want to make anybody mad in Connecticut, but a lot of the people that um, I've performed in front of comedian, uh, you know, uh, comedy in Connecticut at casinos in certain places, the place is just morons. People are animals a lot of times in Connecticut. I thought the people in New Haven could have been a lot smarter and I just didn't really, you know. But anyway, this weekend uh, made it made it better. So there you go. Um, and also, I'm very happy to announce, people, because I did not know what the fuck was going on with me. The first, uh, what was it? The first was it the first couple of hours of Monday or Tuesday? I'm trying to think of when it was. All right, I'll tell you what happens. Apparently, uh, my wife got a bad stomach flu. Okay, on a Monday. She got a she got a really bad stomach flu, and uh, she couldn't work. And uh, for my wife not to go to work and do that, you know, she's she's a you know she's a hustler. She's she's you know she's pregnant too. When she goes to work, she's got an important job and stuff. And you know they need her there. She's like the VP of this uh, of this department, and she needs to be there. And for her not to go to work was you know was definitely a big deal. And I knew wow you know. This isn't just her. Maybe you know, in the pregnancy, you know, uh, she doesn't feel well. She can't like she couldn't get up. So, uh, you know, I got my son from daycare. I took him to the park. I went out with him. I did everything I could to keep him out of the house so my wife could, you know, chill and do what she wanted. Uh, plus, God forbid, I didn't, because Lord knows me and her are fighting like crazy. Still, still getting into a big one. I'm telling you, I just got to chalk it up to the pregnancy, and hope the uh, the devil leaves her when the baby comes. <laughs> no, I'm not saying I'm. A, well, she won't hear this, but uh, no, it, it, she hasn't been that that bad. But it's definitely been, um, you know, and and get, look, I don't know what it's like to be pregnant. It's got to be incredibly uncomfortable. But wow, uh, we had a couple of classics recently. But anyways, so my wife is sick all day. I'm with my son. I wake up like six thirty-five in the morning to my wife saying, "Can you please get up and take care of Lucas? He's waking up." He was like, I guess he was rolling, tossing and turning, whatever he was doing. So, of course, I'm going to obviously go to his room. But when she said that, I popped up real quick and I felt insanely sick. But I'm like, maybe I just don't feel well because, um, you know, maybe I just don't feel well because it, it, I, I, it's so early. I just woke up quickly. Maybe I'm just like, you know, I just popped out of bed. So maybe that's why. So I go into my son's bed. I lay with him. I rub his back for a little bit. He passes back out. I get up and I start feeling horrible, like horrible to the point where I've I've been sick before, but I knew I knew a shit storm was coming and it was coming hard. Like the clouds above me were getting dark. It was about to go down, people. It was about to get ugly. It was about to really just be terrible. Okay, so um. I go to the bathroom, and I start feeling puke and coming, and I'm going, oh, shit, no. 
Make a long story short, folks, okay? I'm not going to put you through the pain that I went through. But I threw up 16 times. Okay, I'm going to repeat that. Through the course of the day, I threw up 16 times. My stomach was killing me. I had a hundred and around 102 fever. I was shaking. I was dizzy. I was shivering. And I could not get out of bed. And I promise you, for the first time in my life, I was just like, I can totally see how people would choose death over feeling like this over a long period of time. It was it was the most... I've had stomach flus before. This It was nothing like this. Now, the good news was my wife's lasted about 24 hours. She woke up the next day. She was all right. So I was hoping that the same thing would happen to me, that that would be, you know, my fate with this with this 24-hour bug or whatever it was. So I, um, you know, I'm laying there, and it just as the hours go by, the day took forever. I remember that. I remember probably the day took forever because I'm never really up at 6.30 in the morning, miserable and sick all day and not able to sleep. So I couldn't keep anything down. I'd sip water, run to the bathroom, and throw up. It was just horrible. Um, I, I had aches and pains that, like, really hurt everywhere. And I'm going, this is fuck. Like, now, you know, I wanted to work on some new material. I needed to, you know, do some writing and do some stuff. And I just couldn't. I couldn't. And then the next day, I'm like, I'm going to be really, you know, fatigued. Um, finally, finally, after, like, um, literally, like, almost 24 hours, I started to... Like, late that night, it started to get bad. Because I guess when you get sick, it's always worse at night. So, But, you know, I took a couple of Advil. I didn't care what was my, what was my stomach at that point. If I threw it up, I needed to do something to get to sleep. So I did, and I woke up, and I felt much better the next day. A little fatigued, but I was able to uh, to hang with my son and, 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 and you know, take care of him and, and be with him that day. Um, instead of having to, you know, call anybody for help, my wife went back to work. And I started to slowly get my strength back. Um, Wednesday, I had doctor's appointments. Um, you know, so it was just a crazy, just a busy week. And um, But I'm feeling much better. And I do not wish that shit on... I do wish it on my worst enemy. I've talked about that before. Saying you don't wish something on your worst enemy is the dumbest thing. Why not? They're your worst fucking enemy. Of course you wish it on them. But that was like some something that I, I really, really don't ever want to experience again. That's how bad that 24 hours was. And apparently, everybody's getting this thing. Uh, there were like eight people at my wife's job getting sick. Uh, my, my mother-in-law, I guess, was home throwing up that day. I don't know if I got this from my son's daycare. I don't know what, what but um, it was definitely going around. It, and it's this insane 24-hour bug. So I got better. I bounced back. And um, I'm in Vermont about to do about to perform in front of 600 people that look like the person that comes and tows your car. I swear to God, we're doing this thing. Me and Matarisa are about to go downstairs. I'm actually going to this is actually going to be a first for the Verzi Effect podcast. But I am going to pause this thing. Stop it. You guys won't feel any different at all. I'm going to go downstairs. Then I am going to do this show. I'm probably going to eat, maybe have a drink or two with Matt Arise. Then I'm going to come back, hit record again for the podcast, and then you guys are going to hear what just went down in front of these six 600 people. I'm in Burlington, Vermont right now. It's like this big, all these people that own gas stations, convenience stores, and all the people that like the wholesale vendors or the wholesale uh, candy people that send to all the gas stations and convenience stores their candy. Like we're doing this thing for these people. 
Um, I don't know how I got into this shit. I was off tonight. Matt Arise called me weeks ago and said, do you want to get on it? So I was like, yeah, whatever. Um, you know, so uh, I don't really go crazy for St. Patrick's Day because I'm Italian and I don't want to get shit-faced drunk all day long like I used to in high school. So I figured, what the hell, I'll come out to Burlington, Vermont and um, and do that. You know, with you, we'll have a good time, you know, make a little bit of money and uh, we'll come home. So I'm going to give you guys that. So that'll be a cool different thing that we're doing. And um, before I get out of here, I'll see how much time because I got to go down. The, they got some salmon and some scallops for me downstairs. That's good to eat after having a stomach flu. I'm probably going to be puking all night in this fucking hotel room. Um, so, uh, one thing I wanted to talk about, you know, and I wanted, I wanted, um, you know, to, to let, let comedians know something because, you know, something came up and, you know, I was talking to, uh, um, comedian friends of mine about just how you can feel really bad and shitty when a club just used to book you, doesn't book you anymore. Then you see them and they're nice and they act like nothing. And they're like, oh no, we got to get you back. And just those games, those control games and how fucked up everybody in this business is. Um, and, you know, by no means or no stretch of the imagination do I want to sit here and act like I'm bigger or better than than those people that, that give people work. Because that's not the case, and I, I, I didn't earn that yet. Like, okay, I didn't earn to be able to say, fuck you, I'll go to another club. That That's not what I'm trying to say here. What I'm trying to say here, though, is owners and bookers of comedy clubs change, okay? And some are going to treat you shitty. Some are going to treat you great. Some are going to, you know, you're going to think that they're loyal. There's a couple of clubs in New York City. I'm not going to mention names now, but I was their boy. They loved me. They wanted to groom me. They wanted to They wanted to do all this stuff. And then, you know, I have to make decisions in my career to better my career. They don't like it. They they wanted to do something or, or you know, and, and, you know, and all of a sudden those, those spots start to get less and less. And I'm just to the point now, and, and I want this, to, I want any comedian listening to this, and this is some back stuff, this is some back stuff for people that don't um, know about comedy, the business aspect of comedy, or, or that, you know, aren't comedians, this is something that they could understand, because this is what, you know, goes on, okay, um, in the business. What happens in this business is they try to fuck with you. Okay, they're st- they try to, for whatever reason, maybe they wanted to be a comedian and they're not, but they love the control because they have the drug we need. Okay, they have the drug we need to survive. And the drug that we, the drug that we need to survive is stage time. Because the more stage time we get, the better we get. The better we get, more shows we do, more shows we do, more money we make. And we're putting food on the table and, 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 and our career is growing and, and you're, you're evolving as, a, as an artist. And that, that's the most important thing. I know to me, I just want to get great and I want to I wanna evolve as an artist and I, I want to, you know, get to the level of the people that are my heroes now and the people that I see going there. You know, that's, that's what I'm trying to do. And what happens is these fucking bookers, okay, and these owners of these clubs... They, they could hold you back, and then they change, and then you love one, and then one gets fired, and then three months later, fuck them all, okay? Go to the club that is putting you up. Go get the work that you know you can get. Make sure that you get the repeat stage time from the places that are good to you and all that. Go to where you're, you're, you're comfortable and you're getting good, 
and the other places are going to come around either when you get there or when a new booker sees you. But you can't get down about it. You can't you can't let these people be like, you know, oh, because what's going to happen is you're eventually going to run past everybody and get to a level. They have to fucking book you because the masses want to see you. That's it. Okay. And once the masses want to see you, that's it. That's it. They can't do anything. As long as you conduct yourself with respect and shit. I'm not telling you guys something you don't know, but there's a lot of people out there that are like, oh, they make me feel this way. They make me feel that way. Oh, yeah, I don't know what to say. You know, I remember getting nervous going to Christmas parties all over the city to all the comedy clubs, Christmas parties, and I'd be nervous to bump into the booker. And meanwhile, the bookers are like these fucking 20-something young people that never did comedy once. It's so ridiculous. Fuck you. I'm funny. I know I'm funny. Okay, my friend over there, he's funny. My friend over there, she's funny. Put us up. But it's politics. It's bullshit. It doesn't matter. Fuck them. Run past them. Let them hear how good you're doing when you're not in their fucking room. Serious, man. I'm defiant about this shit because I know where I'm going and I know what I'm going to do. And and all these people, oh, no, no, no. And then, and this, but to see, this is the hard thing. Then what's going to happen is, no, we always believed, you know, no, it's just a transition. You know, we get people in and out and, and that's it. But no, we always believed. We knew what you were going to do. And then they want to be in your corner because they see that you're doing good. It's bullshit. Um, and, and, and anybody out there, don't let these people make you feel bad. They should feel bad. They don't do what you do. They don't write. They don't, they don't, they don't create something. They don't, they don't make mass amount of people, you know, laugh because of your thoughts, because of the shit that you thought about and, and, and your creative mind. That's what you're doing. So they need to hold on to that. Now, listen, I don't want to paint the picture of all of them being bad. I've come across some great, great people, some people that love being around comedians, that love to see comedians evolve. I've been around that, and that's great, and that exists. So I don't want this to come across as some, like, you know, crazy, bitter. I, I'm very happy and, you know, blessed for everything that's going on with, with, with me in my career. I'm thankful for all the stage time that I get all over the country and in New York City. But there are definitely places that are hot and cold with certain people for certain reasons, own agenda, weird things, shit that's shouldn't matter and I that's the shit that I can't understand that's what I don't like I shouldn't say I can't understand it because I do understand it it's, it's what I don't like you know and I feel that um I feel this shit better be recording imagine I was just going off like this and I realized yeah you didn't hit the record <laughs> the record button people whoever's actually Matt Arise is next to me in one hotel room the person behind me must be like this guy's yelling at somebody um but, you know, it, it's, it, I understand it because that's how people are, but um, it's just bullshit. And these guys, they, these, these, these bookers, man, they love the control because they know that, that, you know. But they don't look themselves in the mirror. What the fuck are you doing with your life? You're judging and booking more talented people than you. Like, that's ridiculous. And you're going to tell them no. So fuck it. If a club doesn't like you, if a club tells you no, if a club says, oh, I need to see a tape, and then you send a tape and they're still ignoring you, fuck them. Just get up where you could get up and get so good people say, hey, you got to put him or her in this room right now because they're hilarious. You know? That's that's what I feel. So um, so anyway, I got some other things that I want to get into. I don't even know how long this has been so far. Uh, we're going on about 20 minutes now. Um Anyway, I want to talk about some sports. I want to talk about where Peyton Manning is going to go. I want to talk about the departure of the New York Knicks head coach and what the Knicks have been doing. Um, I got some plugs for next week. I got some cool dates. I got a big, uh, big uh, date that I got a headline date at a great new club. Um, so I'll, I'll talk about all that stuff when I get back. But right now, I'm literally going to stop this recording. Okay, I'm going to put my sweater on. I'm going to meet Matt Arise in the hallway of this hotel. We're going to go downstairs. 
We're going to perform in front of, you know, I'm hearing that it's going to be a great crowd, but it was hilarious when we looked at it. It looked like, I don't even know. Like, it, it, it looked... I mean, listen, There, who knows? Maybe it'll be a phenomenon. And it's this huge place, and it looks like almost like you're performing in a casino. It's got this big stage and these huge curtains and all these chandeliers, and then there's 600 people in this room. Um, but it looks like it could get, and I'm going up, I'm going up first. And I'm going up, like, basically some dude just going to announce a couple of my credits and bring me up. And then um, do I shit on the place for the first half? Do I? Do I not? Do I, knowing me, I'm definitely going to start making fun of the place and probably what's going on. But we'll see how it goes. We're both uh, talking about it and laughing about it. So I'm going to come back. You guys won't know the difference. And when I start it again, it'll probably be hours from now. This is episode number 54, uh, live on location here from the Sheraton Hotel in Burlington, Vermont. And um, the Verzi effect a little different. I hope you guys are, are enjoying it and find it. As interesting as I do, um, <laughs> this is this is funny and it's fun. So uh, I'll let you know how this goes. I might be, might might be a couple of liquor, liquored up with a couple of couple of drinks. Maybe I'll even get Matt Arise on for the second half, and we could talk and joke about what was going on. Who knows what goes on with the crowd? We'll talk some sports. We'll talk some other stuff, and then we'll wrap it up. But uh, I will talk to you guys uh, soon, and uh, talk to you. Okay, everybody, we are back right now, and this is going to be fucking hilarious. It is 1.06 a.m. Get that stool over here, Joe. Matt Reese is in my hotel room. We had we had a really, really, uh, uh, you know what? We had a fucking great night tonight, but I'm going to tell you this right now, and I'm 100% serious and not joking. Um, I don't know what Joe, Joe's been doing this for 20 plus years. I've been doing it for, you know, a total of going on 12, but only professionally for eight. But in my opinion, the 600 people that we performed in front of tonight, I, I think were probably the dumbest and white trashiest people I've ever fucking seen in my life. These people looked like I wore jeans and a sweater and I felt like I was, I was like the black tie of the fucking event because it was, there were shorts, there were drunk chicks. We saw a woman who had a tattoo on her arm from her shoulder down to her elbow, a black wife beater. And we saw her answer the phone and say, Hey, can I just talk to her for a second? Hey, this is mommy. And all I was thinking was that kid is fucked for life. Joe, tell them, tell them, let's sit. Tell them what you, <laughs> Matteris, I got to give Matteris credit. Matteris was supposed to do, I was supposed to do 25. Joe was supposed to do 45. This guy ends up <laughs> going on. I ended up probably doing like 30, right? Close to 30. I think I went a little long. And then Matteris decides to do a buck 15, a buck 20. And uh, here's how I was brought up, folks, okay? Here's how I was brought up. This old guy, Pete, had my credits. and he <laughs> This old guy, Pete, had my credits. He just had to say three things, okay? The the three things that he was going to say, the three things that he was, you know, was going to say was, uh, you know, you've seen him on, on uh, Fox, you've seen him on Spike TV, and uh, most recently, uh, Carnegie Hall, ladies and gentlemen, Paul Verzi. Like, that's what he had to say, right? So there's 600 people, fucking animals, 
fucking animals. Me and Joe showed up. Me and Joe showed up, and they had this display of cakes and pies. They had cherry pie, raspberry pie. They had cheesecake, pumpkin pie, apple pie, all this stuff. And these animals were hovering over this table as if, like with shovels. Just, it was so white trash. There were beards. These were people who were managers of convenience stores and gas stations. These people dealt with fucking beef jerky vendors. It was a fucking disgrace. It was an absolute fucking shit show. How about when you said, look, Joe, look at the guy behind me. Yeah. And he was like six foot six with yeah. like a long ZZ top beard. Yeah, before we go on stage, we're standing there. There's a guy standing behind me, maybe six four, with a lumberjack beard on, and he's drinking, and he's got construction boots. And I just go, Joe, Joe, look at this guy standing behind me right now. And Joe just glanced and just with a smirk turned around. Right? So here's how I get brought up. They go, hey, guys, this never happens in comedy. He goes, we're actually ahead of schedule. <laughs> we get that. He goes, we're ahead of schedule, and uh, we're going 15 minutes early. <laughs> he was almost like the pilot, and then he gets on, folks, I uh, just want to let you know, uh, get ready to take your seats. We're going to be starting the show. Uh, we're a little ahead of schedule. We'll be starting the show 15 minutes early. Okay, it gets to me. Guy goes, you ready? They dim the lights, and this is what the guy says. He walks up as these animals were walking back with their pies and cakes. People are standing. Nobody settled in. They didn't dim the lights and say, oh, the show's starting in a couple minutes. Please take your seats. Nothing like that, right? The guy walks up casually, lights on, people stand. It sounded like a cafeteria of 600 people, and he goes, all right, folks, um, we're going to start the show. Uh, your first comedian, and he pulls out this piece of paper, <laughs> and he goes, is Paul Verzi, said my name before, like, didn't do anything, just said, your first performer is Paul Verzi, Paul has been on Fox, Spike TV, and most recently, Carnegie Hall, ladies and gentlemen, Paul Verzi, Mike Lowe, Nobody could really hear it. The lights were on, and I just go up, and I'm getting this half-assed clap. And I go up there, and I just look at the crowd, and I go, this is a fight for your life right now. The good news was I, I got him. I started making fun of the place, and I got him, and the lights went down, and people finally started to sit down. And there was a drunk lady to the right during the whole thing, which, Joe, I got to give you a ton of credit. Matt Reese had, listen, folks, I've worked with a lot of people before. And uh, I gotta give. I was sitting in the back. I think Matt Reese might have had a, f- a a few of the greatest. And I'm gonna actually say that most clever, best go back to a heckler, and he was embracing it. But anyway, I told you guys I was tell you everything that was gonna happen in the show. So I go up there and I handled it, right, Joe? <laughs> yeah, you totally did well. I mean, uh, it was hysterical to see you <laughs> to just deal with that. What's the what's the term people use? A shit show? They use that? It was yeah. a definite shit show. Yeah, yeah. It was a shit show with 600 people. And it was I, a packed shit show. It was a packed shit show of of dumb. And what I loved was I just I just started making fun of the place. And at one point I said, like, what do you do here? I said, I feel like I'm going to get raped in the ass by a moose. And like, like, like I, I don't even know. Like, we just started talking shit to these people. But I had a really good set. And I, I feel like there, but there was a drunk lady to the right, right? Now, Joe and I are about four drinks in right now. Matt Reese looks like he's going to sleep until fucking December. 
And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like rumble still. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Matt Arise is. Li- Matt, I can't. That sketch that uh, Chris Farley did, where he. Uh, oh my God! For, yeah. like, Nidal, Nidal, hibernal, hibernal, hibernal. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's, that's so, the seasons changed. His nails grew. Right, Matt Arise has. I that. just feel bad for anyone who's staying in the hotel room, like. To the left of you or to the right of you, because we're loud as shit, because we're drunk. Oh, really? All right. Yeah, so that's hilarious. So this, is, this is this is awesome. You fuckers better appreciate this because I was really excited to give you guys this uh, this cool story and this cool podcast because you guys are getting like real to the moment shit. I'm standing in my fucking Sheridan hotel room right now. So anyway, I go on stage and there's a lady. Oh, there's people in the hallway, and we thought it was security coming here, but it's not. If it is, tell them, fuck them. They're lucky we're in Burlington. Yeah, exactly. So there's a lady to the right, and she's just yapping through the whole thing. And at one point during the show, I go, can somebody just get her out of here? But it never got ugly. She never got malicious. But we had a really good time with it. Um, You know, we just had a really, really fun time. And what I was really proud of myself with was... For dealing with what I had to deal with up front cold like that, I, you know, I got, I did my thing, man. I was getting clap breaks. I was, I was, you know, talking from my heart. I was, you know, it was really good. So then I bring up Matt Arise. After I did, I was supposed to do 25, I did 30, but I had a great time, or maybe a little less than 30, but I had a great time, and they were, they were receptive. So I bring, I, so I said, all right, ladies and gentlemen, you know, you ready for me to bring up your headliner? You know, and they don't really fully clap, and, and, and you know, and I'm like, no, 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 I'm not bringing this guy up to this. You know, are you ready? You know, for, what did I say? I said, I, I'm not bringing up, I, I said, are you ready for your headliner? And they still were like, ah. But I was like, all right, you know, this guy, and I gave him a great intro. I was like, you know, uh, he's a letterman, and he's a regular on Chelsea, you know, good friend of mine. You know, we, I was like, we live in the same neighborhoods. Our kids play together, blah, blah, blah. Without further ado, I, I was just, t- I, I don't know, it was, it was a nice intro. I probably I, fu- love, I love that you mentioned that our kids play together. Like, that had anything to do with anything. Yeah, like, yeah. our kids share the same interests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was just up there and I was like, I was trying to say something nice, but I went like too far with the nice. It was hilarious. So anyway, so I go, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, blah, blah, blah. seen him on David Letterman, regular on Chelsea, top clubs everywhere. Joe Matteris. So Joe starts coming to the stage and he's got this shit eating grin on his face. That woman, because a woman, as I was walking by her, goes, you're not Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah. I so go on stage, and I go, uh, uh, just to let you know, Jerry Seinfeld will cost about five hundred thousand dollars, and he's not doing your, he's not doing your fuck, your fucking candy event. The lady was yelling like incoherent, like what, what do you think about like this? Like she was just saying things that didn't make sense, and I ignored her, and it, it was fine. So as Joe's coming up, she goes, "You're not Seinfeld." I didn't know that. Yeah, before he even started, I didn't know that she said that to him. So he comes up on stage, and Matt Arise has this shit-eating grin on his face. He just has this big smile. And as we shake hands, he said, I've, you know, he's like, good job, or whatever the hell he said. And I go, what did I say? He said, these people are fucking animals. Yeah. <laughs> I go, I shook his hand with a smile, and I go, they're fucking animals. So he's got this shit-eating grin on his face. So he goes up there, and he just starts addressing stuff. But what I loved about it was he was calling them at one point, you people, what did you, you said about the convenience store, you go, you know you didn't make it, what would you say? Because there was a woman in the back that had her, her like, literally like eight-month-old baby, 
Yeah, there were two ba- out of the six hundred people. There were two babies there, and one of them was like crying. Yeah, she's just crying really loud, and I go, "If you can- <laughs> something about if you can't get a babysitter, so you can come to your uh, conference." I go, "Just you know, seriously, you've really underachieved." I go, "You don't have an aunt or a grandma or anybody." He goes, "Let's be honest." He goes, "Let's." Why are you not in your room right now? Why are you not in your hotel? No, the best is when you go, listen, you guys, nobody wanted to work at a convenience store, whatever he said. Oh, I said something because I start about with talking about my medication that I'm on and everything, and I got problems. I go, let's face it, you guys, who's on that medication? Come on. I go, because you don't, you don't end up <laughs> as a cashier clerk at a freaking, at a mini mart unless you've... <laughs> You're definitely depressed. Yeah, you go. You go. Nobody went to high school going, man. When I grow up, I want to swipe cards. That's what he said. So he's going back and forth, and he's like, you know, you people don't get this. He goes, are you people? I think at one point he said, you guys are too dumb for that joke. Which I'm in the back just laughing. All right, you know, comic to comic, you know, where I'm just laughing, and he's doing his thing, and he's he's saying all kinds of shit, which um. Which I thought was really funny. But the lady kept yelling stuff and he gets he just stayed up there, man. One thing I liked what he did was, um, and uh he just went to the bathroom. Um, so he'll he'll uh he'll talk about this afterwards. But you know, when he first got up there he started addressing how they didn't like this joke and they didn't like that joke. And I felt like he was almost like saying, you know, like, you know, they were just they weren't the smartest crowd. And we kind of understood that early, which made us have a good time with it. But then I watched him as a pro say, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Settle the crowd down between every bit and just have every bit start hitting. And I was impressed with it. I really was. I thought that he, um, you know, I just thought that he did a really good job of dealing with the elements that we had to deal with, which were drunk, you know, not that smart, fucking Vermont woodsy people. And it was really, really awesome that, like, a guy could have bounced. Like, I could have left at 20 minutes, and I was supposed to do 25. I almost left at 30. You know, he was supposed to do 45 to an hour. He probably did an hour and 15, an hour and 20. Um, And it was just one of those things where you stay in the pocket, so to speak, and you, you deal with what you have to deal with. But, oh, my God. So there were noisemakers people had. There was like a couple of drunk people that like tried to yell at every, every, but then it was weird because there were scattered out smart people. So it was just one of these sets. But one of the coolest things that I saw Joe do tonight was the lady to the, to the right of the stage, the same one that I was going back and forth with. And I called her, you know, I I was saying stuff about her alcoholism or alcohol uh, consumption tonight and, and all kinds of stuff. So Joe is talking. And she says, like, yeah, what kind of phone you got? And he goes, oh, I got an iPhone, a smartphone. And then he was like, I could get the dumb version for you. And then the place starts going nuts. And then she starts yelling. And he goes, and she goes, oh, no, then he said to her, he goes, um, come on. No, 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 seriously, heckle me. Say something. I'm ready. I'm ready. I want to I wanna do this. And then, and you know, everyone's watching. And one of the greatest things that I heard him say was, he goes, uh, yeah, I, I can def- I can outwit seven white Zinfandels, which was fucking great. And he's going back, and I'm like, oh, I'm loving this. You know, I'm just watching, and I'm like, you know, this is a comic quick on his toes, dealing with stuff, dealing with rough elements, doing longer than he's supposed to do. And she, out of nowhere, she just goes, what kind of car you drive? And and without missing a beat, he goes, mine's which the... car is yours? 
Oh, yeah, yeah. She goes, which car is yours? Which made no sense. And the whole crowd started laughing. And we're like, oh, what are you talking about? Because like, she meant, like, I'm going to fuck with your car. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I was just in the back, and I didn't get, like, you know, I was telling them everything. Oh, I'll get back to that in a second. But I was telling the crowd what you were dealing with and, and what you said to her. And she goes, which car is yours? And he goes, mine's the clean one, because they're just filled with mud and dirty, but it was awesome. And I was just like, yes. But I was telling them that you went from a set where you, you know, you didn't like what you were doing at first. You were addressing jokes that maybe weren't working at, at first. But then what you did was you really fucking, as a pro, got the crowd to where you wanted them. They listened and were quiet between every joke, and jokes were really killing. And I thought that that was really a sign of, like, a pro, and it was great to watch you just transform the room and engineer it like that. Well, I think Jim Florentine used to always say, oh, yeah, fucking do those bars we did in fucking Jersey coming up. Uh, that's what that's why you're good in these shit situations like i've done so many shitty yeah. shows that i can handle uh that didn't even seem bad to me you know even though it was just 600 yeah. retards and and, and 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 the coolest thing was at one point joe goes all right i want some hecklers who's gonna heckle me let's do this if we're gonna do this does anybody hear and he was pointing to sections of the crowd saying yell something and that's when you're like and, and it was funny because I noticed, if you remember my set, I go, what did this guy, this guy's got OCD or something over here when I was talking about my OCD, and you went to it, and it was so cool that we were both just like, fuck it. We had this we had this thing of we're in Vermont, we're in Burlington, Vermont, we're not coming back. I think at one point I said to the crowd, I go, yeah, fuck this, I'm doing this joke, I'm never going to see you people again, you know, and, and you did the same thing, but not too smart, <laughs> and then the DJ, <laughs> then there was a guy that didn't leave us alone afterwards. God, you got to talk about that guy. This guy was like, hey, man, listen, I got a business card. I'd love to. I'm a DJ. I'd love to put your comedy behind some music or something he was saying. And then he goes up to Joe and he kept talking and he was hanging around. And he goes, listen, I'm going to be the most annoying person you meet. And Joe goes, what did you say to him? He goes, yeah, I've noticed. Yeah, he goes, yeah, I've noticed you are. Like, And it was like you were being dead serious. And, and He was like, that was the only good thing about this guy is that he admitted that he was annoying and it was kind of funny that he admitted admitted that he was annoying and then i told him <laughs> yeah i agree with you <laughs> so so after the show you know joe was selling his stuff we were hanging out there talking to people and uh, we decide we're gonna go drink and we're like we're not drinking here because a bunch of people from the show were here at the sheridan so we went to downtown burlington and uh Joe made a good point. He goes, you know, you're old. We go, all we wanted was the bar. It's St. Patrick's Day, obviously. So there were lines, like roller coaster lines out of all these bars. And we're looking, you know, we're looking around. We're married kids and we're going, just where's the empty place? We just want like an empty loungy place. Yeah. And we went, we ate, we had a couple of drinks. Dude, how scared. I don't know if you remember this. You remember when the uh, bartender came over to us? We, we went in that bar and he goes, and he hands us a menu, and then he pulls it away from us, and you go, no more food? And he goes, oh, no, 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 there's food. It's the late-night menu. We were like, <gasps> it was like, yeah. gonna, like, we were like, we were walking the plank or something, like we were going to die. Like, that's the breath of fresh air you took when he said, no, it's the late-night menu now. You're like, oh, thank how God. About, how about credit to me for getting a fucking Asian salad, huh? Yeah, Paul's one of those guys that thinks he's eating healthy, that isn't really because he gets a salad, but it had fried chicken all over it. No, it didn't. It had two fucking chicken fingers. It was fried. It was no, fried. It was chicken. almonds. I don't know what it was. <laughs> well, I, yeah, you had fucking. You had a vat of wings, 
Anyway, I you know I did good. I had no I was cake. Trying to be healthy, but you were. Did you have cake? No cake. No cake. All right, I didn't have, have cake. cake. I didn't have cake. I thought you said you were gonna have a sliver of pumpkin pie. I, I almost had a slither of pumpkin pie, but the, no, no, no. But the cart with the empty plates went by me, and I didn't feel like running it down. So I'm like, I ah, fuck it. <laughs> so, so we go into this place. Uh, we had three drinks. We had a great time. A guy that I played basketball with on Monday nights in my neighborhood was there. And I had go, dude, I think that. And Joe goes, no, you got to ask him. I go, dude, that dude played basketball a couple of Mondays. He goes, no. And I go, excuse me, sir. You don't happen to live in Mount Kisco, New York, and play basketball on Monday nights? And he goes, yeah, I do. And I go, I knew it. So some guy five and a half hours away was there. Anyway, we had a great night. We uh, we made fun of the place, but we had a bunch of drinks. Um Matt Arise got drunk. I got a little buzzed. Um, we uh, we ate good food. He had some good uh, hot wings. I had this Asian salad. I'm not drunk. All right, this is so funny. I understand. Well, you had one a little earlier, didn't you? Before the show started, you had a beer. All right, that doesn't count. All right, look. All right, I'm sorry. Joe's not drunk. We're both a little buzzed, but we had a good time. More tired. We have, uh, you know, in about we're gonna be up in about seven, seven and a half hours, which isn't that bad. We we were actually re- responsible. We're dads. Once you're a dad, you can do so much. Six hours sleep, you're good. Anything over that is gravy. Don't you think? Uh, maybe not. Your wife lets you sleep in. Three? No, I sleep in a I little. Take my son to every day. No, I don't do that. No. How no. Bed, I have to take no, no, I don't do that. I can't do that. <laughs> I need my sleep. I, I need my sleep. Uh, I don't take them. I pick them up, you know. Um, Matter Reese. All right. What else you got to talk about here? Uh, I don't think I need you anymore. Yeah, I'm good. I think you're good. Do you know how to stop the thing? No, how do I stop it? I'm on a new system here on the road. I just hit stop. Then you got to shut the power off over here. Okay. Pull it that way until it shuts off. Okay. Figure that out. So I hit stop. Hold on, folks. I'm not done with you guys yet. I'm going to finish talking here. You're going to hit stop. We're at 40 minutes. I'm going to hit stop. And then you're going to shut the power off. And then how do I do that? There's a hold in that. Those hold it back. Pull it that yeah, way. and hold it. And then it'll shut off. All right. I got it. I don't I don't need anything. Hey, man. Good job. Take care. You want to say bye to the Verzi Effect listeners? It was unbelievable. It was really great being on here. I know I, st- I seem to, st- I think I stink on your podcast, but thanks for having me on. <laughs> I had a, uh, I had a cordial at the end of the night after about four beers. I had a, what did I have? I, uh, I had a Bailey's like I was 80. <laughs> he almost had a gram and yay. I had a milk and magnesia. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, go get some sleep. We'll leave it in the morning. Uh, Okay, ever. All right, yeah, I got to get a wake-up call, I think. All right, guys. So, that's what happened downstairs. Um, <laughs> this is me buzzed, all right? I'm a very happy drinker. I'm not one of these angry, fuck this, you want to fuck with me? I will, no, I don't, I don't do that. I'm happy, you know, I don't drink a lot. Um, I got more shit that I'm trying to concentrate on in my life than going out and getting wasted. That's why we tried to find an empty bar. But we had a good time. I wish people need to see what we dealt with tonight because it was animals. Fucking animals. Babies crying, which shouldn't have even been there. Then, ugh. But it ended up being a good night. We made a little bit of money. 
and we had a good time. So that was that story. Um, you know what's funny? There's a part of me at like one thirty. I would love to just go down and get one more drink because it's going to be last call just because I never drink. But I'll finish the podcast because I, I really don't need to do that. Um, anyways, okay, two more things that we are going to talk about. And uh, by the way, I appreciate all your feedback. I asked a question about do you guys like me when I'm a when I'm alone? Do you guys like me when I have guests? And a bunch of people got back to me and sent me emails, and I really appreciate the feedback. Um, and, and also, so you guys know, the Verzi Effect podcast right now, as of last month, had the most listeners that it's ever had. So um, it's so awesome to be sitting here and uh, be able to talk to you guys and give you guys some inside shit and have the numbers continue to grow and like what I'm saying and like what I'm doing. So, um, and I got some cool stuff to announce and it's, it's you guys, man, you know, uh, I don't do this. I know I talk a lot about comedy and I know that, uh, I have a lot of up and coming or, you know, I'm an up and coming comedian, but I know that I have young comedians and up and coming comedians like myself listen to this and I hope it can give them some kind of, some kind of inspiration and, um, you know, let them understand that I understand everything that they're going through and it's everything that somebody who's serious and is trying to get to the next level goes through. So just, um, you know, believe me, uh, it sounds corny and cliche as shit. I know it does. But I think one of the greatest things that I ever heard was uh, Russell Crowe one time was talking when he won his Academy Award and his acceptance speech. And he was like, I think he said something like, you know, I was sitting home watching this one year and I was just wishing I could do something like that and it happened to me and if it happened to me, it could happen to anybody. And like anybody out there who's like five, six years underneath me and like just feels like, oh man, I don't know if I can do it um, or or get respect, you can. You just got to get better and keep writing and don't fucking listen to anything and don't worry about what you're not getting. Don't worry about what you're not getting. Worry about what you need to do to get what you want. You know what I mean? Um, and, and I know a ton of, a ton of you guys listen to my podcast and I know that a ton of people who want to find out about that, that side of the business listen. So I, I can't even, I can't even really, words can't really express how much it means if you actually sit and, and really are religiously listening to my podcast. It, it, it's, it's as gratifying as you sitting in a show of mine and laughing, maybe even more because you're taking the time to listen to, uh, to a comedian kind of talk and be real off stage. So, so thank you from the bottom of my heart, and uh, we're just going to talk about a couple of other things here, like um, Peyton Manning uh, looking great. I've been arguing with people. I think that it was a mistake just because if he can get you to one more big show and maybe even win it, okay, that's the thing. If he can get you to a Super Bowl and maybe even win it, don't forget, John Elway won two Super Bowls in, uh, what was it, 98-99 or 97-98, and he won two in a row and then walked away, and he was 38 or 39 years old. Peyton Manning has a couple years to do that, and you never know if he does, so I think the Colts should have just rolled the dice. I think they could have got Andrew Luck, who they were getting anyway, and they could have had him under Peyton Manning. Whatever. Didn't happen. Hindsight, whatever. You could go back and, and say whatever. I just think that um, this guy still has some left in the tank. I think doctors would not have cleared him and said he's okay to play if he wasn't. Doctor said he's at risk no more than anybody else in the league. So, look, if he goes to the, the, the 49ers with that defense, I don't, I don't see them not winning. And I mean winning at all. I think if Peyton Manning can be 90%, 85 90% of what he once was with that defense, they win a Super Bowl. I believe that. I think there's a good chance he goes to the Denver Broncos. 
Um, we're going to find out really soon. We're probably going to find out Monday or Tuesday. Um, Tennessee, I think, is number three. I think the way it looks right now is 49ers, Broncos, Titans. And uh, who knows? So it's interesting, and I'm, I'm definitely looking to watch um, what happens there. In other sports news, my New York Knicks. Um, and you know what? A lot of credit to Mike D'Antoni. A lot of credit to Mike D'Antoni. Because this guy basically tried to have a conversation with Carmelo Anthony. This is the reports that were going on in New York. So you people that don't know really what happened. Basically what happened was they went into practice in the morning. Mike D'Antoni had a bad feeling about how the team was going. Obviously, there was a six-game losing streak. There was a lot of criticism going on. The team looked like it was quitting and not playing defense. D'Antoni goes into work kind of upset and wants to have a conversation with Carmelo Anthony. Okay? He says to Carmelo Anthony, um, hey, man, let's get on the same page. Let's, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he just gets this sick feeling in his stomach because Carmelo Anthony is not as receptive as he would want him to be. And he had realized at that moment, I lost the team. He called the head. He called the owner. He said, "Look, I lost the team. I don't know if me being here makes sense anymore. If you don't want me to leave, if you want me to stay, I will finish the last twenty-four games. Uh, I will do that. I will uh, honor my contract. But things aren't good, and the team's not with me, or at least the major players of the team are not with me. Owners of the Knicks say, "You know what? You're right. We can't have that. Goodbye." They leave that night. The Knicks beat the Portland Trail Blazers by 42 points in the next game. They absolutely shit on and destroy the Indiana Pacers, and it looked like a different team. Now, I think that's kind of shitty that the team waited for him to leave, and now they're playing great. But with the talent they have, I'm not going to lie, it was pretty exciting. It was pretty exciting to watch. Uh, and I, I love watching the Knicks win. As you guys know, it's been so long. Um, I got my Yankees who spoil me. I have my New York football giants who win, and I, this has been my pain. And if they can just win, I would love nothing more. So that's it for uh, that's it for sports. Uh, email me questions. I'm going to be doing a From the Fans really soon again. Um, but email me and let me know if there's anything in sports because I want to talk about sports every week. Again, I have to apologize. I have to apologize for the lack of going to the movies. Please understand, I have a pregnant wife. I was puking my brains out, and just going to the movies or watching movies is not something going on. But that does not mean it's dead for the Verzi effect. I will definitely 100% be watching movies again soon once things calm down and uh, reviewing them and stuff because I love movies the way I love sports. It's just been a really tough go. Okay, unacceptable for the week. Unacceptable for the week is, I guess, just... You know, I don't want to say dumb people because that's too easy, but just like I, I, I wish I wish to God you guys could have seen and and been around what we were around tonight. But um, you know, unacceptable for the week is going to be these fat people, okay, who just don't care about their health and they go at a dessert tray like it's a like it's a fucking you know, last supper type of dessert. You should have saw what I witnessed today. I witnessed women, 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 well-dressed women out with their families going at a, a fucking pie table like it was the last thing. These women were with shoveling. I'm not even kidding. It was like the fork couldn't get it fast enough. I want to be like, relax, sweetheart. It's not going anywhere, okay? Just get your slither of cake and, and, and eat it like a civilized human being. 
And I don't mean to just stress woman, but I got to be honest with you. You expect a big, burly, fucking lumberjack dude from Vermont to just stick his face in a pie and swallow the tray that's underneath it. <laughs> but a woman, you know, have some class, these women. Unacceptable. Unaccept. Have some tact when you're... Unacceptable for this week is how you pick your pie and your cake off of a tray. Jesus. Come on, it was unbelievable. They were just shoveling stuff. It was like little kids who were like in sixth grade at a pizza party and the pizza delivery man just got there and they were all hungry and the pies open. They just like ran screaming. That's what I witnessed grown women do. Unacceptable. And you know what? No reason why, no no, no uh, mystery why these women had fat guts. It was disgraceful. Unacceptable. Okay, everybody, that's it um, for the segments of the show. I enjoyed talking about everything. Um, thank you for listening. Um, and, and, and remember what I said about these people, these bookers and all that stuff about comedy, man. Just do what you do. If you love what you do, you know, you believe in what you do, you're going to get to where you want to be and these people are going to have no choice but to work with you. So don't ever let them get you down. Um, don't get this new strand of, of, of stomach flu because you will be puking your brains out for it will be 24 hours of just pure misery. Um, and, uh, basically I guess the moral of the story is don't, uh, don't perform in Burlington, Vermont for a candy distributor that distributes to all of the convenience stores and gas stations, unless you have a night off like I did and you could laugh about it with a friend. Okay. Plugs for the week. Next week I will be in Connecticut, Uncasville, Connecticut, I will be at the Cabaret Theater. I believe it's the Cabaret Theater, Mohegan Sun Casino. I will be there Saturday night. Um, I will also be doing some spots at Stand Up New York in New York City uh, during the week just to work on some stuff. But if you're going to be in the uh, Connecticut area, check me out at Mohegan Sun Casino. Also, the following week, I will be at the Brokerage Comedy Club in Long Island. Uh, I believe it's, yeah, Belmore, Long Island at the Brokerage. And I will be April 1st, April Fool's Day. I will be opening up for my good friend, Mr. Bill Burr, at the Terrytown Music Hall. And uh, it should be an awesome time. It's like a 900-seater. And uh, last time me and Burr were there, like I said, last time we had a great time. And also, if you are in the Westchester County, New York area, you want to see me headline. I just got my headline date for the brand new, beautiful Levity Live Comedy Club Thursday, May 17th. You could get your tickets from Laugh Stub. You could get your tickets from LevityLive.com. But please uh, get your tickets. This is one of the most beautiful clubs I've ever seen in the country. I'm not kidding. I am very thrilled and humbled that they are giving me an opportunity to headline there. Um, so that is Thursday, May 17th. I will be headlining Levity Live Comedy Club in West Nyack, New York, in the Palisades Mall. Want some of the best food you'll eat in the country, some of the best comedy, uh, the best comedy club, and it's going to be awesome. So check me out there. Get your tickets. Uh, get them now. I want to sell this bitch out and uh, really draw some numbers. Thank you, everybody. This has been episode 54. Um, half of it was like the regular style. The other half, I was drinking, and I was just telling you about the show that me and Matt Arise did. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed giving it to you. Next week, episode double nickel, 55, Michael Jordan in Madison Square Garden. So, thank you very much. 
And uh, I will be talking to you guys uh, soon. Please email any questions that you have, any things you want me to talk about. What do you want me to talk about? Sports, movies, everything. And please, by the way, go to iTunes. Go to my podcast on iTunes. If you are a loyal listener, I truly appreciate any comments about my podcast. Uh, please put the, the comments up there. It makes other people, you know, see them and they want to listen. We're trying to spread the word. We got more listeners than ever. It's all because of you guys and we want to keep doing it. So thank you again. And I will be talking to you guys in a week or so.